0: Welcome to Strap On Your Boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode, I have Swire Ho with me. He's a director of sales and marketing for Garuda Promo. Welcome to the show, Swire. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. And uh speaking of being pretty good, we're going to be talking about how to create more work-life balance for busy entrepreneurs, business owners. And uh, I want to first, before we jump into that, um, what made you become interested in the wellness sector of being an entrepreneur like what was the first moment you realized it was important
1: i always loved fitness since back when i was a kid in high school i always kept staying physically fit and strong and i think you know don't need to tell everyone why we need that you know for the past two years you know we have been locked at home a lot of us actually uh having a lot of unhealthy habit. And, you know, some of us do get uh, put on a little bit more weight. So I think, you know, by keeping at that, that's how I'm staying fit and motivated for my work. Yeah. A lot
0: of listeners of my show have heard me say this many times, especially during the pandemic, that I have a pretty regular routine that involves yoga in the morning, meditation in the evenings, exercise in the afternoons, and a couple of walks every single day outdoors. And that's pretty much what my regimen is to keep my mind clear, to keep my body fit. What other types of things do you recommend besides those?
1: I love what, you, what you're what you doing. And, you know, I do that myself also. Uh, sometimes if I know that I'm going on a longer uh, phone conversation, I'll actually, you know, pace myself, walk around uh, using a, a headset. So I think that's actually... It's a better flow of clearing your mind and you'll know, be more creative. Sometimes, you know, I would suggest the listener to to try that sometime.
0: So, yeah, a lot of times if I'm answering the phone, I always jump on the headset and I start walking around the room or I go outside for a walk. So a lot of people like to sit at desks, but you're saying it's better to walk when you're taking calls. What about video calls? If you're doing Zoom, I guess you can't really do that, right? So unless you're on the phone, but then you can kind of see where you are and all that stuff, right? <laughs>
1: Well, I actually have a stand up desk right now. I'm sitting right talking to you, but I don't want to mess up all my cables now I can actually raise my desk. So uh, I would encourage uh, anyone to, you know, look into a stand up desk, there are desks that you know can put onto your regular desk and just stand up. Or uh, if you invest into buying a new desk, uh, it's very nice to stand up and sit down once in a while change your position i'm trying i'm
0: trying something here while we're on the podcast hopefully you can see what's going on my desk is going up because this is also a standing desk although my cables are all kind of underneath but now i am completely standing up so yeah i i agree you need a standing desk to 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 stay you know you don't want to be sitting they say sitting is the new cancer right Mm -hmm. so I, i agree with you i think um Having a standing desk. People that are listening can't see this, but if you're on YouTube and you're watching me, you can see that I just stood up and down with my desk. That's a great tip. Get a standing desk, right? Um, so let's talk a little bit about exercise. You mentioned that you're a certified kettlebell instructor with strong first. Take Mm -hmm. me through, take me through that. What got you into that?
1: Um, I actually listened to Tim Ferriss' podcast, and I discovered uh, Pavel Tassilin. He's the chairman of Strong First. So I was very intrigued by their conversation, so I decided to purchase my first uh, kettlebell. That was about five years ago, so I kept doing that almost every day. And since the pandemic, you know, the gym is closed. I'm actually more focused on the kettlebell training now uh, because that's, you know, the only tools that I have, you know, I, I like lifting weights.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's funny that you said that because when the pandemic started and I wasn't able to go to the gym anymore it was kind of a bummer. But a, a good friend of mine, he came over and he brought me all these resistance bands. And he mm-hmm. said he said, Listen, man, I'm gonna show you how to use these resistance bands the right way. And you really don't have to go to the gym. You can just use these forever. And I started using them. It's been two years now. I still I I used them this morning. I use them all the time. And it really does give me a workout like I'm at the gym. So like people, I think people that say they want to go to the gym is because of the social aspect. But now with the pandemic, I mean, how much social kind of, you know,
1: can you get? So do you recommend people just working out at home? It depends uh, some people are more motivated because you 're paying for your membership, and they do have more equipment than what we could normally buy at home. but then, if you think that I just wanted to stay fit you don 't need to have a gym membership to do that you know for example, if you are just doing push ups pull up and then do uh, body weight squat that could be you know good to study if you haven 't been. Uh, Staying fit lately. So what I have is I have a a pull-up bar uh, right at the the door of my office. So whenever that I go out to get water and uh, whatever that I'm doing, sometimes I do one pull-up, just one. Whenever you walk through a door or whenever you get uh, to the fridge, right? You do five push-ups. So you do that throughout your day. You know, like the, the thing is not to burn yourself out. No, I'm going to go in today. I, my goal is to 50 push up right now. So not that. But what if you, let's say you can do 10 push-ups, right? So you do less than 30% of what you can do your at your maximum. And you do that throughout your day. And then if you do, let's say, 5 three push-ups every every day, then you're doing 15. So you're actually doing more than your max per day. And you, the goal is to do it every, every uh, do it daily.
0: That's a great point. Cause you mentioned uh, at the gym, you get a lot more equipment. And I remember when I used to go to the gym, I would use like 15 different machines, but again, I'm not noticing a huge difference from using the, the resistance bands I have, because you can, you know, utilize them in so many different ways that you're really working all different muscle groups. So, I guess maybe, like you said, it, may, it motivates people because they're paying for it. But I like your idea of incorporating simple exercises with getting up to go get a drink or, or something to eat. Speaking of uh, people should be drinking water, tea, coffee all day long. That's what I do. It's mostly tea and water. So what do you think about that and the diet aspect of health and wellness too?
1: I think keeping a journal is definitely help. So, for example, you want to do 15, right? So you're doing three uh, each time. So you want to write it down, make sure that you hit your goal. Or like you said, if you're drinking water, uh, do you measure your cup, right? Maybe use a Nalgene bottle. Uh, so then you put it down, you know, measure, uh, make sure that you fit within your goal. Sometimes you get busy, you get carried with work, but then you still want it to get the intake that you plan to have and having a a journal with exercise and with your uh, wellness then it will keep you in check and if you say i don't feel so well today so what did i do yesterday so you can Mm -hmm. check oh i didn't drink enough water or i sat all day or you know i got carried away with work so i didn't you know, move around. So then you know what a good pattern that works for you. And uh, the goal is not to do everything in one day is to do it consistent every single day.
0: That's a great idea to keep track of, you know, your your mood and your, you know, your well being compared to what you did the day before. It's not a bad idea. What did I do yesterday? Why do I feel so groggy today? Oh, I didn't drink enough water. Damn it. So I'm gonna drink more water today. So let's talk about how you get to the point where you don't feel so great and you want to get out of it. And, you know, this is now going into your expertise of sales and marketing. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a new idea and you want to market to your audience, what's the, just give me three tips how a new entrepreneur listening can, can get customers for their business.
1: I think it's just the same of what we just talked about. You want to set a goal. So you want to set going in fitness and when you wanted to reach out to your target audience, do you set the goal that you're achievable? Uh, the key again, is not to reach to your target in the first day. Just like when you're working out, when you, when you haven't been active for a long time, you have to stay consistently maybe for even for two months. You know, when you have a new target market that you wanted to reach out to, you can reach them in one day. If you can, that means you're lucky or you said you bought too high. If you have a, a reachable goal, uh, if you work on it consistently, and you have to do your planning, do your own journal equivalent to our fitness, then you're on the way uh, to your goal. And if you reach your goal earlier, that's great. Adjust and then re reevaluate what you have done. Good job. So you know it's it's
0: a, it's a lot like health and wellness. It doesn't take one day to get things done. It takes time to get things done. And so reaching out to your market and tell me something else about um, onboarding a customer. A lot of people may or may not know exactly what to do when they start getting customers coming to their website. How do you deal with an influx of your audience? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you reach out to them? How do you talk to them? How do you tell them what your message is? And how do you engage your customers?
1: That's a great question. And think about that. When we try to acquire a new client, we spend a lot of money for buying ads, you know, uh, hiring different agency. But once they purchase from you, be honest to yourself, how much money and effort do you spend on retaining those clients? Some of us will be zero, right? We don't spend any effort, any money to acquire them. But then these are your gold mines. You know, if you're creating a custom onboarding experience, so when they are on, Let's say you finish uh, doing the project for them, and also uh, deliver a product, for example. Someone needs to contact them to make sure that the experience is uh, met by their standard, not yours, and then listen to the feedback. And if they know that they're really happy or satisfied with what you have, there are a lot of ways you can do. For example, all the online review website, you can ask them for a simple review, make it easy for them, send them the link, or it. Then is the best time to ask for uh, more introduction. Do you know there are any uh, family members, colleagues that can use our, use our product and services? Would you mind to share a few names that I can reach out to? Those are the best time to get. Not six months later. Not nine months later. They they probably forgot who you are. So it is a, a planning process. Uh, it it needs to you know you need to plan for it. And when a phone call doesn't cost you anything. Right. right. You can get more referral, more introduction that way.
0: That's a good idea to uh, tell the clients that you get or customers you get to give you some word of mouth referrals, which is always the best kind of recommendation to hire you. Right. And um, you mentioned something else that I liked. It, it, and, and I want to kind of dive into something for a second. So let's say you have a customer or a client and they are not following health and wellness techniques, and they are miserable, and they're making you miserable, and they are not reasonable, they are not listening to you, they hired you for a reason, and they are not listening to you for that reason. And you can tell they're stressed out and depressed. And they're and so what do you do in this case?
1: What do you do? That's a difficult question. You know, if you want, you could try to be helpful, but then some uh, people that I talk to, they don't want to be helped. Sometimes uh, you get into like a toxic relationship. So what you can encourage, you know, you could lead and show them example. You know, I like to uh, walk people through a third party example uh, using other success story that I might have heard of or maybe point them to articles that are uh, relate to the similar situation. So it's not me telling them you have to change. It's uh, those who have changed This is what happened to them. So hopefully by using a third-party example, I can motivate them uh, to be on the right path.
0: So don't tell them, here's what I do. Here's what I think you should do. It's look what company XYZ did. It worked really well for the founder. Look, he was able to exit at 100 million bucks after doing this technique or whatnot. It's not a bad idea. So tell us uh, some final tips, words of wisdom, whether it is onboarding customers, marketing to your customers, following health and wellness techniques. What would you tell entrepreneurs listening who want to be the best versions of themselves?
1: Well, I think onboarding is definitely very important. And you need that because for the past two years, people are cutting their budget sometimes. But then if you are their favorite vendor or supplier, then you'll be the last person that they will stay on. But then you, we have to think about how we need to do to maintain that relationship. The best scenario, I'm using a third-party story now, is to how can you make all your customers to be a mini-advocates of your brand? You know, you might not be paying them, but they like you so much. We all have a brand that we like so much that we will tell everyone about that brand. How can you be that company? How can you be that brand so that people will speak on your behalf wherever they go?
0: That's great. I like that. Having brand ambassadors running around and promoting your product for you. Awesome, Swire. This was great. Uh, Where can people find you online and and learn more about what you do and possibly uh, work with you?
1: Thank you, Jason. Uh, they can look me up on uh, social media. Uh, it's at Swire Ho. I'm also actively on, on LinkedIn. Uh, look me up. Love to uh, network with everyone. And then our website is uh, garudapromo.com.
0: Awesome, everyone. Check out GarudaPromo.com. Swire ho, everyone. And again, thanks for coming. And as usual, we will see everybody in next week's episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at JasonSherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.